Welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. I'm Shannon. And introducing our very first guest. I'm Elizabeth. Yes! <laughs> All the way from Indiana. So today our topic is the superpower we all have but rarely use. Honest vulnerability. And do, definition do, do, do. of vulnerability, according to the dictionary, is the quality or state <laughs> of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. That's good. The state of being exposed to the possibility of being harmed physically or emotionally. Okay, now we're not talking about physical vulnerability. No. More like emotional vulnerability. So we open up to our fellow believers, and it really is a superpower. It helps other people open up themselves. I will start off with a story. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Here's the story. Once upon a time in a faraway land. All I wanted was... to see... <laughs> no, okay. All I wanted to see was the wallabies. No. Okay, Your no. story could be someone else's survival guide. That, oh, that's, the, this, that's, a, that's Elizabeth, the quote. Your story could be someone else's survival guide. Okay. Write that down. Okay. Said by Elizabeth. Okay, here's a story. I was just joking, no once upon a time. Though it could be. It is, I was at church a couple years ago. I think it was, I don't know, a few years ago, and I was really going through a horrible depression. So bad that Shannon stayed home one day because he was so worried about me. And anyway, it just seemed to go on and on, and I I don't know, I felt led to get up in front of our small church, and I just told everybody, I didn't make a huge deal out of it, but I just said, hey, I just wanted you guys to know I'm, I'm just dealing with a depression, and God is getting me through. And it, I don't know. I only talked for about a minute. I didn't think it was a big deal. But after church, I had two ladies come up and say, that was really good that you shared that. Or I don't know what they said, but it really touched their hearts. And when I was sharing it, I didn't think much of it. But I do know that sometimes things like that we don't like to share because, I don't know, we get embarrassed or we think people think it's stupid or but I think it's a biblical principle to be uh, vulnerable with each other. Well, I think it is to an extent, too, because um, vulnerability is honesty. Mm, if honest. it's something you're afraid of or you're scared of or um, you're intimidated by, if you share that with others, if you honestly share that you're afraid or you're or uh, bothered by something, then um, that's putting yourself in a vulnerable position, and that scares people. People don't want to do that. And I realize when you're talking, it's like Go ahead. you bring it out into the light, and then that darkness can't, the darkness can't, um, it, it helps to bring our fear to the light. It can. To, to now, help other it people. is possible also that sharing something vulnerable in the wrong environment could yes. get you in... A situation where people could use it against you or, or do something like that. Right. That's very possible, it too. Is po it is the risk you take. It is the risk you take. But I would like us to take a short uh, segue here, and I want Elizabeth to tell us a little bit about herself. Just a little bit. Like, why in the world are you on the podcast with Jane and Shannon today? <laughs> um, well, to begin, my parents connected with Jane and Shannon over... Adoption. 
I was adopted when I was one, and so was their daughter Maggie, mm-hmm. who I who we beca- I became good friends with, close friends. Right? Yeah, just they connected, they bonded very quickly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to put the. No, do not disturb. Don't worry yeah, about never mind. Ignore the beeps. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Um, Would you like to say anything else? So she's visiting for a week. Yeah, visiting for a week. Hanging out with Hawk and Jane. Yep. And Shannon, I guess. And, <laughs> and Shannon. Yep. Done all sorts of things. We've been reading her Bible, mm-hmm. Bibles in the morning. Rescued a horse. <laughs> she rescued a horse on a branch. Yep. We almost rescued a rabbit, but it died. <laughs> Riding horses. Dream forgot a uh, roaster. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I had a roast, a warm roast. Whoa, <laughs> never mind. Who knows what? who listens to that? All right. Forget about the roast. So let's talk about vulnerability again. Oh, um, yes. One of the things I think that really helps with vulnerability is if you're willing to share with someone ah. and be vulnerable with them, they would then be willing to be vulnerable back. Yes, it gives people, like you said, say that. Uh, someone else's survival, survival story. I could be your life or something like that. Something like that. But it your, gives someone Your life else story courage. could be someone else's survival guide. Yeah. And yes, I like If that. they see you be courageous mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, it gives them courage to be vulnerable. I think even if you're sharing your testimony, and that's really that. one of the biggest <laughs> parts of sharing your testimony, is if you share your testimony... Um, and you share it honestly, which means before you're saved, you have to surrender, which is a sign of vulnerability. If you share your honest testimony, people that are listening to it will be more willing to share their own vulnerability and maybe in that same spirit be willing to surrender their lives as well. It, you know, it's, it varies and everybody's got their own hangups and their own issues here and there. Um, it the, takes guts to do it. Well, and in the environments of all the jobs I've ever had, right? Uh, vulnerability is usually something that is frowned upon. Oh, true. You're supposed to be tough. Whether it was in the military, whether it was in law enforcement, even teaching. Uh, you're not supposed to show any weakness. You're not supposed to, you know, supposed to keep all that stuff hidden away when you're in the classroom. But I think what happens when we do that is we, lo- we lose the, t- the ability to have any kind of personal connection with someone. Yeah, I agree It becomes that. very sterile then. Yeah. And because it's not real. We're all human and we all have those vulnerabilities. We all have things that we're sensitive about or, or that we're needing help with. It's just people are people. That's uh, when Paul does that in First Corinthians, mm-hmm. where I'm weak, he is strong. Mm-hmm. You want to look that up? It's, you know, a very common verse or one that a lot of people know. But I do think that when we are weak. Second Corinthians 12.10. Yeah. You want to read it? Oh, you want me to read it? I'll read it. Okay. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults and hardships, in persecution and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hmm. I have another verse. Okay. Luke 8.15. This is the parable of the sower. And the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. 
If we don't accept the word in honesty, I mean, really honestly accept it, it's not going to stick. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I want to I wanna show you someone who allowed himself to become vulnerable. Okay. Um, this is Ananias. Acts 9, 10 through 19. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. He said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas, who for, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then I, Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many... I've heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me to sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Paul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Paul was humbled by God, Uh struck blind. Uh Uh, Jesus spoke to him, asked why he was, why are you persecuting me? And then he struck him blind. So Paul was in a vulnerable position, and yet he was a man of power. So Ananias was afraid, rightfully so. And Ananias, actually, he his vulnerability was physical in a way. Right, but it was also emotional. He, yes. he was scared. Yeah. That being scared is an emotional thing. Right. And God said, just, but no, but you're supposed to do this. And he did. So he exposed himself to possible persecution, and had to overcome his fear to do what God asked him to do. And we know the results of that now. I mean, look at what what Paul did with his life afterwards. So, I have another one who is okay. uh, vulnerable in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit. This is Luke 19. And Jesus entered and was passing through Jericho. And behold, there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. And we all know the story, or the song... Zacchaeus was a wee little man, wee little man was he. I'm, I'm totally singing it wrong. Sing it for us, Elizabeth. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed away, he looked up in the I'm dancing tree. along. <laughs> and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. For I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. Okay. That was Elizabeth. Thank you. It was very good. All right. So he ran on ahead. Okay. And behold, there's a man. I'm going back to the scriptures. And behold, there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he was trying to see who Jesus was. And he was unable because the crowd for he was small in stature or very short. 
and he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. And when they, the crowds, saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He's gone to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost." First, in that time, even now, a grown man would never climb a tree. That was being vulnerable. I mean, he was making himself a laughingstock in front of people who already didn't like him. So they would have loved to laugh at him, which they probably, well, they grumbled about him. And he just didn't care. He was so desperate to see Jesus. He did what he had to do. Mm. And I think that's what we do. We're so desperate to see Jesus in our situation we just we can just have courage to be bold or be vulnerable and just let him work. I agree. And I think sometimes vulnerability in itself is a tool. And the best example I can think of biblically on that is Hosea. Oh my goodness, Hosea. The prophet Hosea. Um, I highly recommend you read it, the, the book of Hosea. It's It's painful. It's a painful thing to read because of all the things that happens to him. And God tells him, to marry an unfaithful woman. A prostitute, actually. She well, was a prostitute, prostitute beforehand, she? yeah. Yeah. A uh, woman of harlotry. Okay, so I'm going to read. There's a little quote from uh, Chuck Swindoll about why Hosea is important here. Okay. More than any other prophet, Hosea linked his message closely with his personal life. By marrying a woman he knew would eventually betray his trust, and by giving his children names that sent messages of judgment on Israel, Hosea's prophetic word flowed out of the life of his family. The cycle of repentance, redemption, and restoration, evident in Hosea's prophecy and even in his marriage, remains intimately connected to our lives. This sequence plays itself out in the lives of real people, reminding us that the scriptures are far more than a mere collection of abstract statements with no relation to real life. Now they work their way into our day-to-day existence, commenting on issues that impact all our actions and relationships. Hosea... um, if you read it, you will see he was in a position with his wife as a prophet of God to be constantly embarrassed by mm-hmm. his family situation. And I constantly th- embarrassed. And he took her back and she left and he took her back. Um, I bet people... Way beyond even, what most of us would consider to be acceptable norms, and even I, today. Yeah, and I think even when he first took her right. as a as a wife, mm-hmm. that people question him. Oh, I'm sure. Are you seriously telling me that God told you to marry a prostitute? Mm-hmm. And and he probably just got tired. He just probably just said, just quit talking about it well, or whatever. whatever. But I mean, but it was a, it was a constant. It's a constant theme in that book. Where, yeah. Um, he is shamed by other people's actions. Yeah. And yet he forgives. And he is shamed, and yet he forgives. And God tells him to forgive. And as it says, there, as, as Swindoll said there, it's, a, it's an example of God's constant forgiveness of us. While we, are, while we are unfaithful to him, he is forgiving us. And there's a vulnerability in that for him. Yeah. 
God exposes himself in vulnerability by forgiving us mm-hmm. because we will sin again because we, we, we stumble. I have a verse from Hosea. And he loves us anyway. Yeah, and he loves sure. us through our... His vulnerability is loving us when we're unworthy of that love. And our vulnerability has to be trusting him to love us. What was that thing it's you said? It's an exchange of vulnerability. I want to read this first, but... Uh, a couple weeks ago, we have so many flies buzzing around our heads right now. But we didn't want to use the fly swatter because it looked sound like we're hitting each other. So, you know, we're just letting these flies just, like... Tickle uh, us. Yeah, tickle us. Just drive us crazy. But anyway, do you remember a couple weeks ago in your sermon, you said... You had that quote from... I hadn't ever heard of the guy, but he said, God's love is um, reckless mm-hmm. and God's love is... Uh, Almost embarrassing how how overflowing it is. I mean, he's he's uh, rash with it. He loves us so much. I mean, mm-hmm. people say, "Hey, just just wait a little bit, get to know him. You won't want to love him." But I mean, he's just he loves to abandon. I mean, he loves wait with abandon. That's how you say it. Mm-hmm. And lo- his love is reckless, and 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 that's how he wants us to love each other. But Hosea ten twelve said. And I love this little, it's a command in Hosea to us. Sow with a view to righteousness, reap in accordance with kindness. Break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness on you. Break up your fallow ground. How do we do that, Preacher Shannon? How do we break up our fallow ground? Mm-hmm, in our hearts, yeah. A lot of that is just exposing ourselves to being vulnerable and allowing those things to come out. And that is actually a strengthening exercise for you. If something is in your heart and it's causing you problems, it's causing you concern, it's something that's, that's weighing you down, mm-hmm. whether it's something that's in relationship with another person, whether it's behavior, whether it's thoughts, all of those things um, can cause problems. And like you said, that uh, de- the fact that depression uh, is an issue mm-hmm. um, is a vulnerability to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's not a weakness. Uh, and by sharing it, it becomes a strength. Mm-hmm. And it has in your life because you've been able to share with other people. Mm-hmm. And because you've shared with other people, people have shared with you, and there have been people that have been able to get help, and people that have been able to... Uh, overcome things because you started that you shared it and i think it it allows people to trust you if you just are real with them you know you're not putting any masks on you're not trying to pretend you're something you're not you're just who you are and if it's a rotten day you can say oh i'm having a rotten day but i know god is good Mm -hmm. so i it's only we're almost to 20 minutes but I would like to take a little segue again. I would like maybe um, if Elizabeth would share with us what it means to you to be a Christian, to follow Jesus. Hmm. Would you like to share? Or you can share whatever you want. I'm putting her on the spot. The, I did not even tell them what topic we're going to do. So this I could call this... Uh, Sneak attack by Jane on Shannon and Elizabeth. So, no one prepared. I got, I, I got no preparation for this. <laughs> yes, no preparation. But um, can you share? You can share. Just share something so we can know you a little better. 
Um, so I, after I was adopted, I grew up in a Christian home. In fourth grade, I started questioning my faith, like, am I really a Christian? What does that mean? Abadilio. <laughs> and so I accepted Jesus into my heart again. Good. That's great. Well, it's, I like how we each have our own faith story. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, no one's faith story is more important than someone else's faith story. If we come to Jesus, no matter what age, if it's young, like you, Elizabeth, or Shannon, I was 19, Shannon, what were you, 26, 25? Um, a couple of our kids came to Christ really young. Uh, other people don't come. Uh, one of our ladies' fathers didn't come to Christ until he was close to 60, Jan's father, Jan's mm-hmm. father, 50 or 60. Yeah, we and, had a pastor who was 40. Oh, that's right. And I like how God takes all that from our past, even if we didn't know he was there, and he will show us how he had been part of our life this whole time, and he will redeem our whole past if we let him. You know, we will, I think it's, it's not like he changes the past, but he gives us new eyes to see the past. Mm. Yeah, a lot of times it's, uh, the vulnerability comes in admitting the pain. Yeah. Something that was there in the past, and then when you address it, it changes things completely. Yeah. It changes everything. Um, there's a tendency, I don't know if it's everywhere, but I know it's definitely here in the United States, um, especially for men, that we are told not to ever show weakness. You know, I love John Wayne movies, but John Wayne always had the, this persona of never having a, a soft spot or a weakness yeah. at all. And of course he did as a human being. Of course we all do. Um, but... It's seen as a weakness if you have um, anything that you're vulnerable about, or that, especially if you share it. And that is so untrue. That is so untrue. That is really a strength. I've got uh, some things here um, I got from a website called Well and Good, and it's how to become vulnerable. Oh, okay. Because it's based on... Are you going to give us not, a list? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking over Jane's role. A lot of times I give a list. <laughs> here's Jane's list, but here's Shane's list. And this is based on a apparently a very popular TED Talk mm. um, about vulnerability is not a weakness, but rather a superpower. <gasps> yeah, what you just said. I you didn't, didn't get that from TED Talk. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they recommend the first thing is you define vulnerability for yourself. What's it going to look like if I, for me to become vulnerable? Things like that. It's an idea to, to define it and, and redefine it for yourself so you know intentional, honest vulnerability. Mm, yeah, you got to what, be intentional be about intentional. it. Yep. Second one is get to know yourself. Know what, you, what you're really vulnerable about. And then the next one they say is talk to yourself in the mirror. Hmm. Just think about what you're going to say. Practice it a little bit. If oh, you need practice. To. Yeah, yeah, why not? And then it says get familiar with the feeling of vulnerability. If it's something you, you're, you're not comfortable with, you have to actually delve into the emotion of it and the feeling and the sensations you're going to have for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when was the last time as an adult that you blushed about something that you said? As oh, kids, okay. we do it all the time. We say something Very and everybody... Very recently. Yeah. 
you you say something and everybody laughs and you feel terrible, you know. Everybody remembers at least one incident when they were younger when they did something in front of a class or something and it was, you know. They sent you up to the board to write on the board and you misspelled something or, you know, little things like that and how you just feel like you're about two inches tall afterwards. Um, But that's that's part of that feeling. And it's okay to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But it's also okay to overcome that feeling mm-hmm. and laugh a little bit there. Uh, number five, they say push yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's what vulnerability is. It's not comfortable. But number six means it, it, they recommend is that you share your truth. Mm. So express it, express your vulnerability and admit, you know, this is something that took me a long time to say. This is something that's hard for me to say. This is something, you know, I, I didn't feel safe telling you this in the past, but now I have to sort of thing. Um, seven, take responsibility for your thoughts. Mm. And the last thing, of course, if you want to be honestly vulnerable is you have to practice. Practice, mm. practice, practice. I will say something else. Was that the whole list? Yeah. I was thinking there are times if you step out and share, you might not get a big reaction because it might make other people uncomfortable. But if oh. you, if mm-hmm. you, it, and that's okay. You, if you have said what you feel um, that God wants you to say, or you feel you need to say, and you've said it. But I will say you can be vulnerable with kindness, and you don't have to demean anyone. Because if there's someone else involved in your story, make sure you're very sensitive with that. I mean, you, we don't need it to fall into gossip but i mean know why you're saying what you're saying and the point the point is never to demean anyone or to to put anyone down but it's to share from your perspective and your vulnerability but again people might just not say anything they just might look at you in a big eye kind of thing and don't know what to react and that's okay I have an example of that recently. Oh, okay. Um, many of you know, I was in the hospital, was very sick with COVID. Uh, but I got that way because I got I caught that illness, actually, when we went to my stepmother's funeral. And the day of the funeral, my dad was admitted into the hospital um, for COVID, and he was in really bad shape. So, and of course, we were, we got there the night before, and the next morning he's in the hospital, and I go to the emergency room and go in to see him, and I put a mask on and all that stuff, and obviously that didn't help. Um, but when Dad was there and he was in such bad shape, I'd never seen him in that condition before. I told my dad that I loved him, and I've never heard my dad say that to me. And I told him that I loved him, um, and I prayed for him. And I got no reaction. Mm-hmm. I asked him how he felt about about God and if he was ready, <laughs> if this was the end, if this, if he was prepared to meet Jesus. And he said he was, and that my stepmother had got him to that point because he'd been so angry at God for so many years, and she had got him past that. And that's the most that he opened up. He didn't say another word. He never answered me. Never responded, I guess, when I told him that I loved him. And it was 
quite a while later, I was home from the hospital. I went into the hospital and uh, I was there for Thanksgiving. And after I was home for a while, Dad was still in the hospital. He was in for a lot longer than I was. He called me up and he was in tears. And that's something you never see in my father either. He was always taught at a very young age not to show anything, any emotion. And kind of took that on for his life. And he called me up and he apologized and he said, I love you. I'm sorry I haven't told you before this. Now my dad is 72 years old and that's the first time he said he loved me. And that was a very vulnerable thing for him to do too, mm-hmm. to open up and share that. Um, so even that, even though I didn't get an immediate response, I wasn't angry when I left because I realized that for me sharing that with my dad was more important probably at the time than hearing from him mm-hmm. because I needed to say it. Yeah. I needed to say that to him because I didn't know if I would see him again. Yeah. Cause he was in a he was, really bad he shape. Was, yeah. And I did not know what the future held for us, but I didn't want it to go unsaid. I had to do that. So I shared that and it was vulnerable and it was a little painful when he didn't answer me in the way you would hope it to happen. But it still felt like it was something I needed to do, and I was—I did not regret it at all. And I wasn't angry. It was sad at the time, but I wasn't angry. But apparently that seed was planted enough that he could address it himself later on, and I think we're both better people for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, you know, our relationship is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's been said, and it needed to be said. So I will also say that if... If uh, someone is vulnerable with us, um, and maybe it's just between you and that person, mm-hmm. we need to honor that. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not, it, in one sense, it could look like it was no big deal for them to say it. Maybe you don't think it's a big deal, but they do. You need to honor that vulnerability. And then also, if they share something that maybe it hits you in a place you didn't. Maybe it hurts when they say whatever they say. It's just we need we need to honor someone because we know it takes courage. So we need to help each other do that. You know, um, don't reject it. Um, accept someone's. That's a gift if they're vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we need to do that more because we Christians. I mean, this world is going crazier and crazier, and. And our country is going some wacko place. Who knows where it's going? And we need to be strong for each other. And we can only be strong if we can share with each other and pray for each other, tear down the walls between each other, and and be a family, a unit, to be the body of Christ. What do you think? And I think... Oh, I agree. I think. I do. I agree with that. And I think at our core, Mm -hmm. as children of God... And as the recipients recipients of God's grace, we have to be more willing to share vulnerability than anyone else. Yes. Because the only way you can accept the grace of God is understanding that you need it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do it alone. You're not strong enough on your own. You can't do this by yourself. And if we can't show that to the rest of the world, then we cannot show God to them. I will, a story comes, it's not a, I mean, it's a story, but it really happened, and it's mm-hmm. a very sad one, but I think of it when thinking about trying to be bold or mm-hmm. vulnerable, I guess, and 
uh, remember when the I don't know how many men was it the the Coptic Christians who were beheaded on the beach was mm-hmm. that ten or twelve? I don't remember exactly. Several men, mm-hmm. and you know I don't. Obviously, they all they all stayed their ground and wouldn't deny Jesus. But I think the first man was beheaded, and I think each time another one refused to deny Jesus, it just gave the next guy more strength and more strength. And I just that is a uh, an illustration of what we can do for each other, and that's an extreme situation that most of us probably will never be in. But if we learn to be bold in our sharing and bold in our speaking out about Jesus, nothing the enemy can throw at us will stop us. And God's word will keep going. Amen. Yeah. Well, would you like some closing words, Elizabeth? Would you like to share? Say goodbye. Say what would you say to our listeners? Give them one final thought. Something they can take after this little podcast. And, uh, I don't know, Shannon's shaking his head. You're dragging it. I'm dragging. Why don't you say bye? Okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you next week. God bless.